0: Well, hello, welcome to the Robert A. Heinlein book club. Uh, and in this episode, I will be looking at, uh, the roads must roll. Um, so this is, uh, one of the more famous Robert A. Heinlein stories It was published in 1940. Um, and, uh, in astounding uh, magazine where, uh, many of, uh, Heinlein's early stories were published under the editorship of, 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 um, of Campbell. Now, um, in um, now, th- what one reason this story is so famous is it was originally published in, or originally published in Estonia, but it was later published in the Science Fiction Hall of Fame um, anthology. And if you don't know this, this is a, <coughs> an anthology based on like election by science fiction writers and, and maybe editors and others where they're trying to pick the, the representative greatest science fiction work. And it, it comes in two volumes. Volume one is um, short stories. Um, and they're presented chronologically. And number two is uh, is two volumes. Actually, the second volume is two books. It's got an A and a B part, and those are novellas. And there's a couple works that I think were voted in the top science fiction, but they didn't get in, like, uh, I think... Uh, I forget which one it was. It, it might come to me. It doesn't really matter. Um, this is one of the first earliest stories in that uh, short story collection. Um, and that's actually probably where I first uh, came across the Heinlein short story, to be honest, uh, it was when I was reading that. I may have read some before in passing in some anthology when I was younger, but um, but yeah, I think I read that even before I read *Stranger in a Strange Land*. To be honest, so so this story is kind of special um, for me. I still have that Science Fiction Hall of Fame Volume One, like on my desk, in all times because there's a lot of great stories in that in that collection. Um, but this is the only Heinlein story in that collection. I, I think he shows up like *Universe* is in the second volume, the, antholo- the, the anthology of novellas. So it's not the. Only time he appears in that, that collection of works. So anyways, um, there's several interesting things going on in this story. I don't think I have to go too much into the plot because I, I think this is a well-known story. But basically, the idea is we have uh, a new infrastructure, the roads, which uh, replace railroads and highways. And they show up briefly in, in uh, For Us the Living at least essentially the same idea and these are just like walkways that can go up to like 100 miles an hour and they they zip through the country and people just learn how to get off them or get on them There was like a a method for accelerating you up into the speed of the of the road and uh you know even at 100 miles an hour or so you might spend a lot of time on the road so there's restaurants and stores and things built up alongside that so it's kind of a mixture of a of the of the um, moving sidewalks you see like in an airport and um, maybe a train where you'll have kind of a social space in the train itself now this is actually seems kind of appealing it certainly sounds better than whatever we have now with the automobile but i think what's striking about this is Heinlein is imagining a a replacement of of a, of a system that's just then taking off, right? If you think like the American transportation history, you, you kind of have the first transportation revolution and the antebellum period, which involved canals and waterways and, and the steamboats and those kinds of things. I'm talking about those in my uh, Mark Twain series right now. Then you have uh, the railroads come in And then, of course, then you have the automobiles and the highway, but it's been like a hundred years now, not at Heinlein's time, but it's been a hundred years and we're still stuck with that same infrastructure. Um, There hasn't been any real progress containerization uh, at ports, maybe, but we're, you know, maybe the the fuel used has changed or potentially can change, but we're kind of stuck with the same infrastructure. Um, 100 years later but heinlein doesn't imagine that he's in a world where technological change is happening fast and and infrastructure is changing quite fast uh when he was born it was still railroads right that people moved on and then when he wrote the story they see the movement towards highways and, and automobiles so it's a um he's imagining a shift quicker shift to a new type of of infrastructure now i don't know if these road towns make much sense if they would really work technically but they seem they strike us as more efficient they strike me as more efficient than what we have now where everyone is running around in like a in a couple tons of 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 car just to get themselves someplace right i mean just when you drive somewhere you're you're spending the energy to move the car and you if we have something that just expends energy to move you it seems more efficient to me i don't know but that's uh one idea another important idea here is this idea of functionalism and i guess that's um the more radical vision being presented here as our we have a character named van cleek who tries who's an engineer um kind of an older generation engineer um of the roads by the way there's technicians and engineers these are two different groups in there the ten, engin- the technicians are like the working class of the roads—they're the ones who basically maintain it. They do the labor. They're union, and then you have the engineers, which are like the administrators of the roads, and they're also—they're—they're tr- they're younger. They're younger. Some of them come out of the military, like our main character here. Um, Gaines is his name. Um, our, our kind of main point of view character he comes up through the military. Others are basically being trained in these paramilitary academies to be, have this like very, very strong esprit de corps um, that's kind of keeping them ideologically consistent. So you have two kind of competing forces. One is like the technicians who are more like labor radicals and, and, and are working for improvements in, in conditions and all that. And you have the, the engineers who are more like the enforcers of the system because uh, that kind of ties into another essential point that Heinlein's making here is that infrastructure is certainly key and there's always going to be a technology or a system that's going to define a culture or a civilization and in this culture it's the roads and another time it might have been railroads another time it might have been um, the military or whatever it might be there's always that institution that's going to define the society and drive it and that that's indispensable. And so this leads us to the functionalist argument. So functionalism here in this book or the story, it's uh, a fictionalized movement. It may show up in some of his other stories. I am actually, to be honest, I'm not quite familiar enough with like his you know what fits into the like the future history series and what doesn't like i think that's basically comes out of connections you see between characters and plot lines and technologies and things um i'm not going to spend too much time dwelling on that this might fit in with the future history stuff because obviously we saw this technology in another story uh the, in for us the living but this is the first time it appeared in his lifetime in print for the public Anyways, my point about the functionalism thing is this might be a theme in some of his other stories. Uh, I'll keep my eyes open for that. But the idea here is essentially that the people who basically control the most important technology of a system, of, of, a, of an entire global system or an economic system, should be the administrators of that so entire system. Essentially, they should be the ruling class. Um, the problem with this is it really depends on your point of view, right? Um, if you, if you're, you know, depending on your profession or your career, you may say that mine isn't indispensable. Maybe as education, that's indispensable. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's energy production that's indispensable. Because without education or energy production, the roads don't work either. So it's. It's dubious to say, like our, our character here, Van Cleek, who's the head engineer who's kind of trying to get the unions on board of his, his revolution. Is he right that the, that it's really the engineers and the technicians who run the roads that should be running society? Um, and basically, he's trying to side with the, 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 the technicians. He's trying to get them on side because the engineers are ideologically Conformist. And I guess that's another theme we have here is this paramilitary w- way, because you got this crucial technology that cannot fail. It cannot be shut down. It cannot stop even for a moment. Um, it can't go on strike. And, and you know, we just had in my, in my country, in the United States, a railway strike that was crushed by the government, you know, forced uh, that, you know, basically the argument was it's too crucial to the economy. We can't afford this, so workers are going to have to accept the shitty deal. Even if they had the union power and the clout and the popular support to get their demands, the government came in and said, no, it's, the country's more important than your your, your individual desires or demands. Well, um, the way it's, not, of course, there's a strong union with the roads. Right? But the way this is resolved in the story is a esprit de corps, is a militarized education where people are trained that basically they are the cr- most crucial people in the system, that they have their own songs, their own military logic. It's, they have their own kind of disciplinary system, their own kind of almost military police. That, and this is the engineers. They're the enforcers, and they're totally loyal because they're trained in this system they're recruited before they enter college and then they're like sent to special schools where they get this. It's kind of like a little military within the economy of that. And they're working alongside the technicians. And, you know, this of course makes us think of things like maybe Starship Troopers and other stories where we see the military playing a major role in, in running the society. Right. And that's certainly a theme there. And, Here, it's presented as, as, you know, I I don't know. I Actually, I've read this story a few times, and I actually have a hard time wondering, deciding where Heinlein's loyalties fully are. Because on one level, you see good reasons to be sympathetic with the technicians. Van Cleek is kind of a radical terrorist, and he is willing to shut down the roads. Basically, that's what happens in the plot, is the gains are... Our kind of head engineer, who's our point of view character, is talking to this um, like Australian transport minister who's trying to learn about the roads. And it's basically an info dump. Uh, That conversation is just an info dump, but it allows us to get a window into the world building. That's the first half of the story is just describing this. And they ride the roads and all that. Then um, basically a part of the road is destroyed by by sabotage by Van Cleek. And then this leads to uh, the question of how do we put this down? He tries to pursue it without violence, without killing, because he doesn't want to kill other members of his, his tribe, essentially, and he wants to resolve it peacefully. But Van Cleek makes his claim that he's implementing this functionalist revolution. The roads are the crucial technology, and therefore the people who run the roads should be the biggest, the, the, the navigators of society. Now that just doesn't seem right to me. It's you could make a case that, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's not democratic, obviously, but there's not much democracy here, anyways, in within this whole institution. I mean, the the whole ideology promotes a functionalist response, right? They're taught that they're indispensable. They have to sing these songs, and they're there's a military logic to it and that seems to hold and there's optimism at the end that that will once all the old timers die out and we can have complete ideological control this won't happen again my point is like van cleek's arguments are coming out of the institution itself and its beliefs about itself it's not objective truth Um, and even if it was even if it was that the roads were the most central thing You know, that doesn't follow that those people should run society. That doesn't necessarily mean they're good legislatures or know anything about social policy or know uh, anything about, you know, family law. Right. Democracy seems better able to to manage these different interests, you know, through a vibrant public sphere. Um, Should they have a uh be well compensated certainly i agree with that as much as the union is able to demand uh, and get uh is their, is their right um but van cleek's response here is kind of lazy i think actually as a revolution is kind of horrible because it just ends up becoming a terrorist act and, a st- and and kind of a standoff and uh you know it would work good in maybe a movie but it doesn't make much sense of the revolution right like what we see in something like the moon is a harsh mistress where there actually is a lot of thought put into how a revolution is actually achieved how those how you actually form a cell how do you actually reform a new government based on these new values van cleek doesn't have any of that so i think at, um heinlein had this idea of functionalism he had this idea of the roads and he seems to have some interest in in union stuff, and that comes together in this in this story, and it's quite interesting. Now, the climax of the story is Gaines basically opens up uh, Van Cleek's files, his old employment files, and finds out that he was kind of promoted despite people prior finding psychological weak. This is all part of the hiring for the engineers; is they have to go through psychological tests and everything. But but he got through because of his hard work, and he's kind of emotionally unstable in some way, and Gaines just exploits that yeah. to cause him to break down um, and saves the day at the last minute, ending the rebellion. And the basically, the engineers, the cadets, the transpor- transport cadets, the people who run the um, who are being trained to be the engineers? I guess in this quasi-military fashion, uh, you know, put down the rebellion once and for all, and arrest the instigators and all that. And then the idea is just more, more testing, m- more songs, um, vigilance. We got to maintain the roads. All right. I think what's missing in this story is like actually a revolution that could work. Like all of Van Cleek's planning is pretty dumb. It's like I'm going to blow up a road and hold the country hostage. Yeah, I don't, there was no like long-term plan there. The second thing is, where's the new technology that's going to replace this? Where's the, is this the end of history? You know, like I was complaining, we're like stuck in the same infrastructure from 100 years ago, essentially. Uh, Well, from the 1950s, right? The interstate highway system and the automobile. But Heinlein's envisioning a much more rapid transition to new uh, technological Um, systems of transportation. So where's the new one? I I think there almost has to be an an imagined of a a new one. Um, But it is predictive, I guess, the story is in that we have like in the post-war period, strong transportation unions in the United States, the importance of roads. um, And I think that, you know, we actually have sort of a suburbanization taking place in this story, too in that the roads allow the cities to decentralize and sprawl out a little bit, um, you know? And the idea of, like off ramps becoming their own like little cities, there's a little bit of that going on. Uh, the geography of the roads, I think, is very predictive of, of where we're at today. Um, but the people who run those roads today aren't, aren't as crucial, I guess, as, as the engineers and technicians here are presented. So um, yeah, I I think really, really a fascinating story and definitely one that that should be read and considered. Um, I find the ending a little bit not fully satisfying just because it's like, let's just do more of the same. There's really no, Gaines doesn't really reflect that much on the functionalist argument. And he just ends up using brute force and manipulation to get his way at the end. And literally the last lines of the story is him singing that song again. So we, we have kind of a, a a stagnation here, an institutional stagnation, which might be Heinlein's point. I don't know. I'm I, not really sure it is. But that's kind of the feeling I'm getting out of it. Um, anyways, I guess that's it. I guess that's all I really can say. It's... um. It's, yeah, it's it's a good story, though. It's worth reading. Um, so I think next up, I need to find my notes here. What am I going to look at next? Um, oh, next I'll be looking at Requiem, which is uh, an early story he wrote, but it later it became sort of a, a, a retconned prelude to, um, what's the story called? Yeah. Um, Give me a second. Oh, sorry. Uh, It's it's kind of retconned uh, prelude to the man who sold the moon, which was written 10 years later. And this is about um, a rich industrialist type who wants to go to the moon, but is stopped, but achieves his goal and dies on the moon. So all good fun. Um, But that kind of sets us up for... Our, our next kind of significant work and that is um, I mean in, in terms of length and that is if this goes on. and that I might do in two parts. It's the audiobook version is five hours. It's really a novel. It was published in two parts in astounding, I believe. and it, it probably should be managed more like a novel. So I might do two, two parts on if that go if, if this goes on. Um, but more or less we're gonna have short stories for most of the rest of the way I, I think even if this goes down sort of qualifies as a novella maybe or a uh, You know, it was, it was written serially But it, it kind of feels like a short story in in your hand, right? So anyways, uh, that's all for uh, the roads must roll. Um, I think the title does really summarize the The, the themes of the story quite well um, so That's going to be it for now. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.